In our first reading there, we heard about how Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son, Isaac. And that's always a problematic text to hear, uh, particularly when it's read by a young boy. Um, And I'm going to come back to that in a minute. Um, But I want to first point out that there are three different types of sacrifices being alluded to in our liturgy today. The first, as we heard there in the first reading, is that of the sacrifice of Isaac, that Abraham was willing to give up his son, even though, as the text there says, he was his only son whom he loved. And it doesn't say here, but that Abraham and Isaac had only, Abraham and Sarah had only conceived this son Isaac in their old age and with great longing. So, you know, it wasn't an easy thing. It wasn't an easy test. And yet, Abraham was willing to give up his son. Secondly, there's the sacrifice of Jesus, the one eternal son of the divine father. And as our second reading points out, what proves that the father loves us is that he was willing to give up his only son. Further, in our gospel, we heard of the transfiguration, a reference again to the son. And let's remember the context of what happened there. That Jesus took Peter and James and John up the mountain. But before that, he had just predicted that he was going to suffer and die, that he was going to be crucified. And he gave them this vision of himself transfigured in glory on the mountain to strengthen them, to sustain them, to give them a vision of hope, to help them survive the the horror of the crucifixion that lay ahead. And we might also note that his doing this and his predicting that he would die all shows that it's not just that the father was giving up the son, but that the son was planning to be given up. It was his choice that he was willing to offer himself for our salvation. So Abraham willing to give up his son, the divine father willing to give up his son, the son willing to be given up. And all of that points us to a third type of sacrifice that's kind of implicit through our whole liturgy in this season, namely our Lenten sacrifices. Our prayer, our fasting and almsgiving of Lent, the things we're giving up for Lent. That this vision of the transfigured glory of Jesus on the mountain is repeated to us by the church today on the second Sunday of Lent to help sustain us through Lent, to be a vision of transfigured glory, to help us see what lies ahead at Easter. The Easter is about a transfigured humanity. And if we would have that, we must take the journey of Lent. And if we take the journey of Lent, if we carry our cross through Lent, if we do our Lenten sacrifices, then that transfigured humanity will be ours to share in two. Now, before I conclude, let me return to Abraham and Isaac and the weirdness of Abraham being willing to sacrifice his son Isaac. Because obviously it seems horrific to us. We hear it and we think, well, how could Abraham be willing to do that? Not just how could God ask him to do that. 
Well, let me put a question to you. Why does it seem horrific to you? Where did you get the idea that such a thing is horrific? Because actually, if we look at human history and look at the different pagan religions, human sacrifice and the sacrifice of children was a very common thing. And in particular, as the historians and scripture scholars point out, the people living around Abraham did child sacrifice. And this, let us remember, is at the beginning of the Bible, before the Lord had made himself really known to Abraham. Abraham didn't yet know what kind of God God is. And so when he was asked to sacrifice his son, well, obviously he wasn't happy about it. Obviously it was a great test. But it was the kind of thing other people were doing in their religion, so it didn't seem unthinkable. But the point really is this, that God in this was not just testing Abraham, but he was teaching Abraham. He was teaching Abraham that actually he wasn't a God who wanted child sacrifice. And so in the centuries that followed, the Jews therefore looked to this event and were different to the Canaanite religions around them who had child sacrifice and continued to have child sacrifice But the Jews did not. They knew that the one true God was a different God. And that the kind of sacrifices he asked for were very much not human sacrifice. Not the sacrifice of your son. And it's in learning from that that we therefore oppose child sacrifice today and think of it as a horrific thing today. So to conclude, there is a lesson for us in Lent in all of this. On one hand, that God is a God of goodness, not a God of child sacrifice. But on the other hand, that we have to be willing to give things up. We have to be willing to sacrifice, just as Abraham was willing to sacrifice. And he was rewarded for it by being given the promised land and given as we heard in that text there, more descendants than even the stars in the heavens. And likewise, you and I need to be willing to do our Lenten sacrifices, our prayer, fasting, and almsgiving of Lent, our giving things up for Lent. And of course, it's not easy to give things up for Lent. If it was easy, it wouldn't be a sacrifice. But if we do, then our humanity can be transfigured, transfigured by grace, because we will be sharing, uniting ourselves to the the life, the death and resurrection of Jesus. And that transfigured humanity of his shown on the mountaintop can be ours too.